Welcome to Imagine the Possibilities with Intelia, where we showcase Intelia talent across departments. My name is Maritza Mikowski, Associate Director, Talent Attraction Programs. And my name is Ellie Kalamkaridis, Talent Attraction Partner. On this show, we take deep dives into all things culture and careers. We talk about career steps and missteps, development, growth, and more. Just imagine the possibilities of what we can learn together. Today, we are imagining the possibilities with Nicholas Gelman, Associate Director, Clinical Data Management here at Intelia. Nikki holds a bachelor's in psychology from Duke University. He has experience working for impressive companies, including Gilead Sciences and Sangamo Therapeutics. He joined Intelia this year in May 2022. Nikki lives in San Francisco, so he's a remote employee to Intelia's headquarters in Cambridge, Massachusetts. A fun fact about Nikki is that he plays guitar and sings in an acoustic cover band called Gravy Train. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. In the show intro, we provided a quick introduction, but we'd love to have you start by sharing your elevator pitch of your bio. Tell us more about yourself. Sure. Well, I graduated from college thinking that I was going to go to med school. So I took the MCAT. I got a job at UCSF to get some more clinical experience. And uh, after working there a few years, when I didn't get in on my first try, decided to do something different before reapplying. So I was actually recruited over to Gilead and I hadn't heard of data management particularly before the recruiter reached out, but it it seemed like a great fit, uh, you know, staying within the clinical space, but embracing more of the technical side because I'd always found I really enjoyed that element of the studies I was working on. So I really enjoyed Gilead. It was a great big company experience. You know, I think it was nice to start out in the industry somewhere that they have a standard for everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, The companies just run really well. But after a few years there, I was definitely ready to move to something smaller. You know, I I found I really loved the industry and it felt like the right place for me. Um, So I kind of abandoned the idea of reapplying to med school (laughs) and I found that this was an option. But I did feel like I wanted to be in a smaller company, which is what brought me to Sangamo. Um, And that kind of brought me into the gene editing space, the rare disease type indications. And, uh, you know, being in that world, I was very much exposed to Intelia. I knew the great work that was going on here. So when my favorite former boss reached out to say she was heading up data management and trying to grow her team, it was really a no-brainer, and I was uh, super excited to join. So, Oh, awesome. You actually answered my next question, too, which is, how did you <laughs> learn about Intelia? <laughs> so that is super helpful. And I know you are living in the Bay Area now. You went to school in North Carolina. Map us through, quite literally, how you got to all those places and now working for a Cambridge-based company. So I moved back to the Bay Area after graduating college oh, okay. and have been living and working in San Francisco ever since I, oh, cool. I was in person. I had never worked remote previous to joining Intelia. Well, previous to the pandemic, I, <laughs> I had a quote in-person job that was uh, very much remote and from home since March <laughs> of 2020. But uh, this is my first actual on paper remote job. I still live in San Francisco. 
most days my will start around eight, okay. maybe once a week, I'll have a six thirty or a seven, but I work fairly normal West coast hours unless there's earlier meetings. Mm -hmm. So it's not too bad a day or two a week. And it's actually nice. I enjoy being on an earlier schedule. Um, yeah. Wasn't always the best morning person, but definitely <laughs> made me one. <laughs> we also have a coworker. She's out of Seattle. And I'm always like, Lisa, how are you attending this meeting at six in the morning? And she's yeah. like, but Maritza, I'm done by two. Like, that's pretty nice. So give and take. Absolutely. That's great. Okay. And then your title, clinical data management. Can you break that down for us and tell us more about your role in day to day? Sure. So basically data management is in charge of all the data that comes from our clinical trials. Mm -hmm. um, when we run a clinical trial that generates a ton of data of all sorts of, of different data types, mm -hmm. and we're in charge of the end to end process around all of that data. So when we first get a study protocol, we build out essentially a website that has data collection for all the visits they're supposed to do, all the assessments that are happening at our clinical sites, at our hospitals where they're treating our patients. And, you know, all the, the data from those assessments, they enter and we manage that data as it comes in. There's also oh, wow. external labs. So, you know, samples are taken at these visits. They get sent out to various different labs and those generate new data streams. So there's kind of the technical aspect of the data itself, working hands-on with the data. But I think the more interesting my, part of my job is that really it's a project management function because there's a lot of hands that need to get on the data. I mm. There's remarkably few parts of the data work that I actually do. The hospitals are entering the data. We have CRAs who monitor the data. The rest of our internal team are really important reviewers, our medical monitors, our clinical operations folks, safety team, mm -hmm. programming and statistics. So we're sort of in the middle, uh, making sure everybody's working together to deliver the data when we need to. Okay. Those sort of our, our main deliverables are when we have conferences, when we yeah. have publications, mm -hmm. we need to put together a data package that the stats and programming folks will then turn into all of the pretty tables and figures that you see <laughs> whenever we have a poster or something mm -hmm. like that. So really project management to make sure all of those things are happening on time and we're getting a clean, timely data package to, to the people that need it when they do. But, you know, I think there's also a lot of problem solving and almost working as a translator. I'm sitting in between the technical teams and the clinical teams. And, yeah. you know, here it's not as much of an element. I have a really great team, but in general, this function feels like a lot of the time I'm working as a translator because those teams... <laughs> almost speak different languages. Yeah. And so I don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a programmer or statistician, but I need to speak both of their languages and make sure they're able to communicate effectively because they both are really important inputs into all this data process. So, you know, a little bit of project management, a little bit of translation, a lot of problem solving and, and all to give us the data we need to prove if our drugs are working or not. So wow. That's, that's, that's in a nutshell what data <laughs> management is. I can see how you might understand the science side, having like trying to go to medical school and all the studying that goes into that. But at what point did you learn more of like the computer data science side and how did you go about that? It's kind of funny when I was working at the hospital, it was really by nature of being the only person on my team who was good with computers. So I got pulled <laughs> into all sorts of things around the data process, whether it was you know, learning some program to process our data or building out a system so that we could capture and store everything, you know, everything from that to like 
formatting our posters because I was good in PowerPoint and pretty much anything that involves a computer was my domain by the end of my time there. So it was interesting too. I found it got me a seat at the table when uh, we ha we were doing these interesting projects at the hospital. You know, I was the I was 23 years old, fresh out of college, but because I was the person on our team who could use computers, it, I was able to kind of contribute in ways that I otherwise wouldn't have. So it emerged as I, I didn't. I, the computer side of things has always been more of a hobby. Of you know, I mm -hmm. enjoy using computers. Grew up doing this kind of stuff, but I never really saw it merging with the clinical, the clinical side yeah. of things until I learned what data management was. And then it was all of a sudden like, there's a whole industry where I could do this. And this <laughs> so would be my true. job on paper, not just an extra thing that happens because I can use a computer. <laughs> so here we go. That's are. fascinating. I agree. I don't feel like we hear about this area a lot, but it's so important. You can't just have all this data with no purpose to it. Like you need to do something with it. So that's, you, you are the unsung heroes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Circling back to you living in California and obviously being a remote employee, remote employees are relatively new to Intellia as a result of the pandemic. And it's definitely a newer but rapidly growing group. So could you share what it was like for you to join remotely? So I think it's helpful that I had worked with my current boss previously. We'd worked very closely mm -hmm. when we were at Gilead. So I had kind of a, a baseline of a relationship, really good working relationship with her. Uh, I can imagine starting remote where I didn't know anyone would have felt very different. But mm. honestly, the team is so welcoming. And at this point, there's a good percentage of our team that is remote. So pretty much our whole biometrics team is remote. Um, and most oh. of my clinical operations colleagues are remote as well. And those are the folks I work with most closely on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think it would feel differently if I was the one person on a conference room who was like on the speakerphone and everyone else was in person in the meeting room together and they're but... like oh we forgot nikki again <laughs> <laughs> right but because because the team is largely remote i think it feels a lot more natural to integrate yeah. into that when i'm also remote so you know i can i can imagine ways that it would have been really hard to adjust but you know i'd kind of figured out the remote thing I have a great home office from from just pandemic necessity um <laughs> and adapting to this team who is largely remote has actually been easier than i thought and you know i think the onboarding was very smooth there's lots of in-depth trainings and forums for us to connect while we're onboarding that made it easier to meet some folks outside of outside of our immediate team yeah that's awesome. And have you had the opportunity to come to Cambridge and visit and, you know, see each other in person? So I just did last week, we had a big on site with our extended team, the whole biometrics team, uh, development operations, the some of our medical team. That's that was the first time actually meeting everyone except Tom wow. and my immediate boss. <sighs> so we had two full days of meetings. We had a nice dinner and evening at the aquarium which oh, was very fun. fun. Um, I'd never been to the Boston Aquarium before. That was a blast. That's so cool. So yeah, it, it was the first time meeting everyone in person. And I was just so impressed. I have been working with these people, but, you know, being together in person was just different. There's different mm -hmm. kind of work that you can do and, and doing some planning work and really bouncing ideas off each other about what our department goals should be, what direction we need to go. And I, it was just different to be in person. So it reminded me of how, that can work when you're together in mm -hmm, person definitely. with a great team. 
but I think we're really functional remotely as well. And most of our work is, is just as good remote as it would be if we were in person, but mm-hmm. it was pretty special to, to be there with everyone and actually connect. That's and maybe hang out with some penguins. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. I wasn't supposed to. I didn't realize this at the time. The door was unlocked. The penguins were in the in the room next to where we were having our little cocktail hour. And I uh, I definitely poked in to see the penguins. And I was of quickly. Of course, they're next door. <laughs> I took two pictures and I was quickly dragged away by an employee who was like, this part of the museum is not open to you right now. <laughs> but the That's penguins incredible. were there. The door was open. I how could you not so from your LinkedIn profile we could see that you were a camp counselor for five years and I think that being a camp counselor especially at a young age teaches you so many critical skills and you know how to work on a team so did you find any transferable skills coming from you know that camp counselor position when you were younger to your career today absolutely I mean it was my first job so I think just Mm -hmm. on a basic level the teamwork like you've highlighted, you know, where it's, mm. it's really important to be a cohesive team when you're doing something like that. But beyond that, I think accountability is huge when you're at a resident camp in charge of, you know, eight fourth graders, you have <laughs> to show up every second of every day and there's no, <laughs> there's no out, you know, you don't yeah. have nowhere to hide. So, you know, at a very basic level, it just, you know, working on a team and showing up for your team and showing up for the people who, who are depending on you it's a lot more tangible when it's, you know, not just a bunch of data kind of floating out there, but it's 10 children. Also, you know, kind of along with that, um, generally this idea that enthusiasm is infectious, that you can, you can get a bunch of kind of angsty teenagers to do just about anything you want if mm-hmm. you are enthusiastic enough about it. And I think whether it's, you know, trying to wrangle kids to do some arts and craft project or trying to train people on how they're supposed to use a data entry system, <laughs> you know, showing up with a big smile on your face and kind of selling it really, really goes a long way towards getting people on board. I think the last thing would be really uh, mentorship. And a big thing we stressed with our kids when we were doing that was just improvement and goal setting mindset that it's, it's a good idea from, you know, wherever you're sitting to be introspective about yourself, where you're at, what goals you have for yourself. And that's definitely something I've carried on into my professional life of just, you know, mindset of always trying to improve, you know, being content, being, being, feeling good with myself, but always looking for ways to grow, ways to improve and, you know, hopefully building out more of that mentorship side as well. uh, Yeah. Moving forward in my career. Definitely. And I think especially for, you know, people in their early career or just coming out of college, I think nowadays, especially there's, during college, such this push to have, you know, this formal internship every summer or to do something very, I don't know, that will look great on LinkedIn, let's say. And I guess, do you have any recommendations to those people who maybe aren't finding those internships and have this opportunity to be a camp counselor, or do orientation at their school? You know, how, how do they take that experience and sort of use it when they are applying to their first job out of college? That's a great question. I think first job out of college is a really hard, doesn't, doesn't really make much sense. Uh, I think it's just about whether it's camp or any other job, there's so many soft skills that transfer, even if the work itself is different, there are so many things about day-to-day work, being on a team, um, being accountable for delivering things and achieving goals together. 
yeah. that you can always look at those things. You can always talk about those things. And I really do feel like it's transferable, at least in my experience, being on those teams in high school and college and in my early professional career. You know, the dynamics are all there. The leadership is there, the the collaboration and the problem solving. And, you know, I think people shouldn't be afraid in job interviews to say, I've never done that before, but mm -hmm. I have done X, Y, and Z where I used parts of that. And I'm excited to put it all together in this opportunity. And I think there's a lot you can draw from, even if you haven't had direct experience. Definitely. Another one of my favorite things that candidates do sometimes is say exactly that and then maybe follow up with, but what are skills that I can learn now prior to starting the job or the internship? And if there is something that someone can learn, like maybe it's like the basics of Python or some computer science thing. I mean, I know for mine, I took like a couple finance courses before my first job, like the good teams will give you something if it makes sense mm -hmm. and then the quote unquote good candidates will follow through on that. So it's such a worthy mm -hmm. question. Totally. When you were talking about your camp counselor experience, you briefly mentioned mentorship, which is this term we talk about a lot these days, but to date, who would you say has been your most important professional mentor? That's a great question. I've had a few really great bosses that I've worked under since I've been in the industry. You know, at Gilead, I had a, a few really great bosses who kind of taught me the ropes and how to function in this this world. The boss I had the closest relationship with uh, is Tanya, who I came to work for here at Intellia. But I think also I had a really wonderful boss at my last company, and she very much taught me how to function in a smaller company environment, how to oversee outsourced vendors, and just kind of how to live, how to live life. She was a permanently remote employee. And she kind of had this great work-life balance and her independence uh, in that sense, but was such an integral part of our team. And she was very motherly also. You know, I had a really close relationship with her. And she sadly passed away while we were working together. But uh, I think of her often and really grateful for everything she taught me. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. It's nice to hear that your past mentors were managers. It's like a really hot topic for us right now and giving Intellia managers training. Is there anything that you feel like both or one of them did that really stood out? Like, was it giving you career opportunities or trainings, like the more tangible things on the job? I think that's a prerequisite. You know, I think to Love be that. a good mentor <laughs> as a supervisor, you have to do those things. Yeah. But I, when I think about the, the folks I've highlighted, it's really that, you know, interest in me as a human outside mm -hmm. of just that. And, you know, the broader context of my life and how mm -hmm. the job fits into it. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're not here to be a life coach. They're here to be your, your job supervisor, but it all comes together. And I think, totally. you know, the, when I think of people I've worked under that were really good mentors, I think about you know, just being fully supported in performing my role and understanding mm -hmm. that this is just part of my life. And, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes there's big things happening outside of work that you need to be supported around. And sometimes, you know, you just need somebody to bounce ideas off about whatever project we're working on or whatever challenges I'm having in my day to day. But, you know, the people I really think of as mentors were people who helped me grow as a person and as a as a professional obviously on a professional level, but can be more than just work, work, work. And mm -hmm. especially with this remote work, we're quite literally in each other's like living rooms every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day. 
Every day. No, that's great. I'm going to jump back. You were talking about when you were a camp counselor and just the energy to presenting. Do you have any tips around that? Because that's another question we hear all the time is just presenting in general can be super intimidating. And how do you take especially science data and make it enticing and interesting (laughs) for the audience? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very important. It's sometimes very hard to do. I think for me, it was most helpful to just have that experience in a very different world mm-hmm. where you're you know, in front of a group full of kids and you're doing some wacky camp skit or singing some <laughs> goofy song and dancing around. You know, that really breaks down your barriers pretty quickly when it's when it's your job to go do that sort of stuff in front of a, a group of kids. You know, I, I'm really glad I had that experience early. I was always okay at public speaking, but I think through working those jobs, I really just got as comfortable as you could be in front of people. So, you know, I think whatever whatever avenue people have for getting in front of people and getting comfortable, building your presentation style and becoming comfortable in front of a group of people, that's a transferable skill. It doesn't have to be, you know, building that up in this specific industry to be able to present science data well. I think an engaging person can present just about anything and make it interesting. Um, But I also think with this, when I think about industry presentations I've particularly enjoyed or ones that were particularly hard to sit through, I think it's really important to know your audience Mm -hmm. and deliver them the right level of information and deliver it in a way that they're going to engage with. And it's hard to do perfectly before you, you know, especially if it's a group of people you don't know, you're not super familiar, but I do think, there's a lot in that too of you know who you bring as yourself what what you present when you're up there but also knowing who's out there what they are looking to hear how they would most want to hear it you know sort of that intersection of the two yeah that's great that's great advice our head of lnd will love hearing that she <laughs> is super into like improv and like just stage presence we had the pleasure of having second city come in and talk to the company during a oh that's so cool development day i feel like it's the same message just getting comfortable in front of a crowd because that can be very intimidating i will also say i used to speak in front of really large crowds then obviously the pandemic hit and it's like i completely lost that skill over the last two years (laughs) it's terrifying i was gonna say it's it's like muscle memory yes People want to know how to improve their presentation skills. They want trainings. They want, you know, a list of tips and tricks. But it's truly something that you need to do. You need to stand up in front of people and practice or else you're never going to feel comfortable. And yeah. it is. Once you lose it, I mean, once you haven't done it for a while, you're going to lose it a bit. And then once you start practicing again, you get back into it. But it's mm-hmm. definitely something that requires action rather than just <laughs> thinking about it this conversation has really inspired me to send any future children to camp because (laughs) oh 100 (laughs) yes all right my last formal question is what is next for your career we do recognize you pretty much just started in telia but we love asking everyone that (laughs) yeah yeah i'm about six months in here hopefully growing with intelia yeah i just see so much opportunity to grow in all the ways i want to grow by mm-hmm. working on this team for the next few years. And, awesome. uh, you know, would love a chance to move into more of a leadership role. Uh, I could really see myself here for the long term. And 
exciting trajectory, both for my team and the broader company over the next three to five years should be super exciting. That's awesome. Well, we're glad you're here for sure. Before we jump into the rapid fire questions, we have to circle back to your fun fact, which we talked about in the intro. Can you tell us more about your band? Like what type of music do you play? Where do you all play? Uh, So we're called Gravy Train. We are largely an acoustic cover band Um, oh my god that's awesome one one good friend of mine uh, and myself we both play guitar and sing both double on a few other instruments and stuff Uh, but we've been doing it for a while and we had a monthly gig at this fun bar called revolution cafe in the mission district in san francisco they sadly went under during the pandemic so we are looking for a new regular gig if you know anybody who wants to hire a great acoustic <laughs> cover band in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> but we've we've been doing some good uh, private gigs, you know, for, for events or parties. Mm-hmm. We've continued playing during the pandemic, but it hasn't been as regular a thing. And uh, hopefully we'll find another place that we can get that on more of a regular schedule for uh, moving forward. That is awesome. I'm thinking like... Intelia Summer Party 2023. Yeah, <laughs> you guys just <laughs> well, was, this is one of the fun things we learned when I was on site and we were having our getting to know you sessions with all of our our team last week. Uh, there's a bunch of musicians actually on our team. I was, I was far from the only musician in the room. Yeah, we've got wow. multiple guitarists and we've got a great uh, piano keyboard player and other people who sing. And so and we got more than enough to get a band together. I don't know I what you guys have awesome. over in your departments, but. <laughs> I I sadly don't think anyone in HR is. <laughs> no. Well, the, the Intelia House Band is is recruiting members. So That's let me incredible. know if you have any interested parties. <laughs> I think that That's is exciting. a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we will now enter our rapid fire finale questions. So, if you could invite one person, living or dead, to dinner, who would it be and why? I would love to have dinner with Coach K. I'm a, I went to Duke. I'm a huge nice. Duke basketball fan. And I think he's just a really inspiring person, really a great leader, has, you know, worked with some really the, the top people in the world, whether in sport or outside of sport. And uh, I would just love to pick his brain for a couple hours over a meal. He's, and he seems like he would be a really nice guy to sit down with, too. So, yeah. Would love That's to have great. dinner with Coach K. That's love a good that. one. We should get him to come in and speak. Speaking of like mentorship, right? And like yeah. good managers. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> Flight booked. Yeah, say the word. Next is what you're working on in your role that you're excited about. Well, two things come to mind. I think one, we're getting ready to launch phase two of our study, which is really, really exciting, you know, to reach a lot more patients as we scale up the, the program and the study. and that's all really exciting. And the other thing is just standardization. I know it sounds kind of nerdy, but <laughs> we're at a really fun point in our department where we're building the processes, we're building the tools that we're going to need to support as we get bigger and bigger and start doing more important study work. And uh, I'm excited to be a part of that. Lots of great stuff coming ahead. And our last question is, what is your favorite thing about working at Intellia? That has to be the people. I really... You know, the science is incredible here and our technology is just, you know, very cutting edge and impressive. But the thing that keeps me going day to day is the people. We really have an incredible team and uh, 
you know, people who are both really good at their job and a pleasure to work with. So, you know, that's, that's the one thing above all that has been incredible about my, my time here. That's great. We really do. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for anyone listening that wants to join the Intelio band coming soon, reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Coach K, if you're listening, can you come speak? <laughs> great. Thanks all. Thank you so much to Nikki Gelman for coming on the show this week and sharing a little about his career at Intelia and what it's like being a remote employee while living in San Francisco. Tune in next week to hear from Nadia Kumbal, who's a member of our chemistry and delivery sciences team, about her involvement with the Cultural Ambassadors DE&I team, as well as some other great work she's a part of here at Intelia. <laughs>